Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la'ilmalana illa ma'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim. Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'una wanfa'na bima allamtana wa zidna ilman wa amalan ya karim. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome brothers and sisters to a blast from the past, Sira in the 21st century, and this is episode number 15. Are you sure? How sure are you? Very sure? Welcome to episode 15, my dear brothers and sisters. MashaAllah, um, today the brothers told me that the masjid ran out of food. I said, Allahu Akbar, what happened? They said, a larger crowd than uh, the good crowds that we have, mashallah, came. I said, what, what happened? In the, they said, I don't know. I said, you know what happened is, the, a sale was announced, there was a sale going on, which started with the 21st night of Ramadan. And the sale ends in a few days time. So what happens? You have the mad sale rush. Everybody's rushing, right? So mashallah, people came. Right? This is the Ramadan sale. And, but there's a problem with the last minute shopping when you go to a sale. Shopping. What's the problem when you go to a sale in the last minute? You don't get the size you want. You only get the XXXL. <laughs> right? All the other good sizes are gone. Right? You were too late. But that's a sale of the dunya. Sale of the akhirah coming even in the last moment is very good not only will you get what you want you'll get better than you want inshallah because the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is vast and we don't restrict allah's mercy right and that's why our scholars teach us that even though there's only you know about four days left or five days left in the month of ramadan if you haven't brought yourself to ramadan bring it now don't lose hope because actions are judged by their endings if these next four or five days are the best of your days, then glad tidings to you. This is the mercy of Allah. This doesn't mean every year we should relax. Say, we'll just wait for the last week because you don't know if you'll see the last week. But Alhamdulillah, if we're witnessing the last week and we've had weaknesses in the first two weeks or the first 20 days or the first 25 days, I say to you, don't be sad. La tahzan. Don't be sad. You still have time to bring it. You still have time. And if you bring it, not only will you get what you want, inshallah, you'll get better than you want. Inshallah. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is upon all able. Brothers and sisters, yesterday we were discussing the open da'wah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the way the Quraysh dealt with his open da'wah. We said they used many approaches. The first approach was that they turned a blind eye and they thought the message will subside. It will die out. But when they saw it was spreading, they used another approach. And this approach comprised of many activities. The first activity was to pressure Abu Talib, the last known guardian of Rasulullah Someone who loved him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had great respect for. 
so much respect that he brought up his son Ali radiallahu an. So they went to pressure Abu Talib. Did they succeed? Did they? No. And we learned many lessons, right? Many lessons that you and I can benefit from in this century. We spoke about, we spoke about being just when we speak about different groups that are against Islam. We don't generalize. We don't say all the Jews, all the Christians, and so on and so forth. And we shared the example about now in Gaza with the, 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 the killing of innocent people. We saw clashes in Israel, in Tel Aviv, Jews against Jews. Jews who do not support rockets landing in Gaza and the death of innocent people, right? The protests clashed and those who were protesting for the fire. So what do we say about those who are protesting against the firing of these rockets? Do we throw them in the same bucket as everybody else? That's not being just. That's not being just, right? We can have supporters from those who are non-Muslims, just like we have seen in Abu Talib. He wasn't a Muslim. Remember when they went to him, we said they told him that, look, you are upon the way of Abdul Muttalib. And this person is practically insulting the way of Abdul Muttalib. Surely, surely, surely you have to do something. It's either you, you're a Muslim or you're not. And you, you're not. So how do you tolerate this? But he, he was a great supporter. He was a great supporter. He knew Allah nurtured the da'wah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by showing Abu Talib evidence. And that was with Bahira, right? So he continued supporting. Okay, so this failed. Or just before this, we were discussing yesterday at the end of how to maintain ourselves, especially in crises, in these times of crisis as well. We see people going on social media, Facebook and Twitter, and just, mashallah, somebody is so emotional, they need to get it out. You know what? We we'll go to Facebook and we we'll just start taking it out on our page. We we'll go on Twitter, but Twitter only gives us 160 letters. Now, Facebook is unlimited. So we go and we start and start pouring our heart. Who said Facebook was a place for you to pour your heart? Firstly, secondly, you're pouring your heart and other misguided people or misinformed people are going to see what you say and add fuel to the fire. Help you in a view that you have that might not be correct or a, or a behavior that you have that is not ideal or a habit that you have that is not from the Islamic morals, manners and etiquettes. Like generalizing, going and say the Jews are like this and so on and so forth. Somebody will say yes and they'll probably say something worse than you. So what you've done is now opened a platform for other people to make mistakes. Right? We said we shouldn't be emo emotions. Yes, we not, it's human nature to be emotional. But, but, but what did we say? We keep our emotions in check using our mind. And we keep our minds in check using the sharia. The mind, the intellect is used behind the screen of the sharia. Is that clear? This is what iman necessitates. Right? So we shouldn't do this. Stop going and voicing opinion in a non-academic forum. Facebook is social media. It's for you to go and hang out. Not for you to go discuss theology. Unless you're discussing it with the right people. You have a group of people who understand. Understand the principles of the Quran and the Sunnah. And when you go astray or make a mistake, they can correct you. Not help you in going astray and go more astray themselves. So be careful brothers and sisters. We must be careful. We must ensure that we are people that plant good seeds. Never ever plant seeds, that, seeds of misguidance. Because if we cause people to become lost, the sin of them becoming lost also comes back to us. If you instigate a haram, 
everybody who does haram because of that which you instigated, you will get a share of it. May Allah protect us. May Allah protect us. We don't want to carry the burden of other people's mistakes. So we should be extra cautious not to do that which gives credence and a foundation to people making mistakes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Ameen. We should be people that come with the voice of reason. We should be people that come with sanity, with clarity, with common sense amidst confusion. Why? Because we have what I told you yesterday, that which Rasulullah left behind as a means of our guidance. You will never, ever, ever go astray, irrespective of which century you are in and irrespective of circumstance. If you hold steadfast to these two sources, which are these two sources? The book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. We are not people of emotion. When I say not people of emotion, I'm not saying don't be emotional. It's human nature to be. You know, the scholars of the Sharia, they have chapters in their books. I came across a wonderful chapter in Al-Muwafaqat of Imam, Imam al-Shatibi rahmatullahi alayhi. Imam al-Shatibi has a whole chapter in Al-Muwafaqat talking about Al-Awsaf Al-Jibiliyyah. Human nature. Human nature. Human nature. Right? Tendencies that you feel towards people. So for example, people ask, you know, my, non, my, my, non, uh, my neighbors are non-Muslim, but you know, I feel, I feel love for them. I feel love for them. Why? They're kind to me. They look after me. When I'm ill, they visit me. They look after my children. I feel a sense of uh, emotion towards them. Am I sinful for this? We say, no, you're not sinful for this. This is human nature, it's beyond your control. What you're sinful for is allowing the feeling you have for them to start affecting your belief in Allah and His Rasul. That even when they do wrong, you accept that wrong. You put them in front of Allah and His Rasul. You can. Otherwise, why would it, if, if you could not love someone who is not a Muslim, why would you be able to marry from the people of the book, females who are Jews and Christians. Why would you be allowed? How would you ever love your wife if you were not allowed to, 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 to love her? Would, would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permit this for us? If we, we were not allowed to feel any emotion? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't. It's beyond our control. It's human nature. For example, our children. Our children. Naturally, a parent will have a softer tendency towards one child over another. If a husband has more than one wife. None of you is here, of course. But if, big capital I, big capital if, quote and quote if, right? It can happen that you have love for one wife over the other. Will you be sinful for this? No, it's not in your control. But when will you be taken to, to task? If you allow what you feel to go against the Sharia, where you treat one wife better than the other. You favor one spouse over the other. You favor one child over the other. As a teacher, subhanallah, how many times have we been tested with human nature? Where we have a soft spot for one student. 
Because they deserve it. They're just an amazing student. And then the exam time comes and you know that they know the answer, but they just didn't write it well in the exam. But you as a teacher who's been teaching this child for so long, you know. If anyone in the class knows the answer, it's this child. But they didn't do it well. Now you have the dilemma. Should I overlook and just give the marks as if they wrote it well or not? This is where you will be tested. If the system tells you that marks are based on what's on the paper, khalas, you can't allow this extra feeling you have to cause you to be unjust. So are you held accountable for human nature? No. But what you do as a result of it? Yes. What you say as a result of it? Yes. So we can have emotion. When I tell you don't be emotional, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel sad, you shouldn't cry, you should. It's human nature. You should. But maintain the laws of the Sharia in your situation. That is the test of your Iman. Is that clear? Not that you become emotional, then you start speaking a message that Muhammad did not come with. Because you're emotional. Yes, somebody does wrong, it's wrong. We emotionally feel it's wrong. But two wrongs do not make a right. Remember this. Wrong plus wrong does not equal right. It equals wrong squared. <laughs> Right? You can't make it... You see, I said right. You understand what I'm saying? Two wrongs never make a right. Two wrongs never make a right. If one person is barking and another person comes and barks like him, what's the difference between the two? What's the difference? Where have you shown Islam? People are not going to say, look at the Islamic teaching, how good it is. People are going to say, look how bad the guy's behavior is. And you know what? His name is Muhammad or Yusuf or Hussein? It's a Muslim name. This is Islamic behavior. That's what people will say. Yesterday we said that people see you before they hear you, right? The speed of light is faster than the speed of sound. You do da'wah by your actions before you do da'wah by speaking. Be, don't think for one second the person who's gauged you and, 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 and signed off on you and your behavior, you're going to have a moment to explain yourself afterwards. No, they're gone. They're gone with the perception that Muslims, this is their behavior. They're the same. There's no difference between Islam and what other people do. May Allah protect us from doing disservice to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahi, understand this. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. You know, we're so emotional. We say, we need to boycott this product, boycott that product. That's good. That's fine. If you feel that this is a means of, 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 of um, effecting change, boycott. But understand there's bigger things you need to boycott as well. Like backbiting. You need to boycott that. Like riba. You got to boycott that. Like disrespecting your parents. You got to boycott that. Like being, uh, uh, having a bad character with your spouse. You need to boycott that. Like not giving due time to your children and raising your children properly. You have to boycott that as well. Like not attending the prayers in the masjid, boycott that practice too. Like delaying your zakah, boycott it as well. Subhanallah. There's so many things that need boycotting. And it's our sins that bring our downfall. There's so many things that need boycotting. Inna Allah la ma Allah will not change the condition of a people unless they change their situation themselves. It starts with the self. Change begins not here, far deeper than here. Remember we spoke about personality trait, character trait? Inshallah, you went and watched, you did a search for it. Personality trait versus character trait. My short reminder online. 
You know, people say, start with you. I say, no, start with yourself. There's a difference between you and yourself. Start from the heart. That's where change begins. Quantum change, mighty change. Boycott the evils of the heart before you boycott a certain product. That's when you're really going to have an impact. That's when it's going to happen. That's when the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends, brothers and sisters. So once again, when I say don't be emotional, I'm not saying have a hard heart like a rock and stop being a human. No, what I'm saying is frame your emotions. Place your emotions within the framework of the sharia and don't go outside of it. And we will learn this from the next approach of the Quraysh with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For what did they do to them? What did they do to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And this is the next point. So the first point was what? The first point was put pressure on Abu Talib, right? That failed. What did they do afterwards? Propaganda. Propaganda. What we need to do is annihilate the character of the person. Character assassination. This is what they said. This is what they'll do. They started doing what? Calling him names. Different names to what they used to call him before. And that's why it's evidence against them. Subhanallah. Yesterday you were saying, Al-Ameen, trustworthy, noble man. Now, magician. Now, different names. Slandering him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Speaking about him in his absence with that which is not true about him. This is slander. Ghibah is when you discuss something in your brother's absence. It might be true about him, but he doesn't want you to say it. But if what you say is a lie about him, that's slander. That is slander. So they start propaganda, character assassination, going into the land, right? And assassinating the character of Rasulullah after his character was built upon their testimony. How many times in the seerah did they say, Al-Ameen? The trustworthy one five years prior or five years prior to nubuwa and prophethood they wanted him to solve the dispute with the kaaba and placing the stone you see when you don't have principles what happens you don't have principles you you go against yourself and you don't even know because you you're nothing you you cannot be defined you know definition of something you cannot be defined you are where the people are you sit on the fence you are where the wind blows you like the foam on the waves of the ocean. Moving about aimlessly. <clears throat> no principles. This is what we learn. This is what people of no principle do. The same people. They're contradicting themselves. Now, if you and I, independent observers, right, looked at the situation, we'd say, you know what? You know what? Definitely what's wrong is with the people criticizing him. Because they were the ones who built his character. And now without any evidence, they're breaking it. Right? Common sense tells you this, this is where the sticky point is. We need to deal with this. This is where the observers have to go and see. You know, observers, when they look at elections and see if it's been rigged or not, they look for the sticky points and then they investigate it. The sticky point is people who built his character, the same people are destroying it and nothing's changed. Yes, he's come with the message, but he's brought it with evidence. And you character assassinating him based on what? This is the, where the investigation has to happen. And what would the investigation do? It would consider their statements null and void and substantiate 
Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But this is what they did to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, propaganda. But look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam still. You think it doesn't hurt? You think it doesn't hurt uh, when people lie about you? And you know it hurts, right? You know it does. Well, Allah protect us all, but I'm sure all of us have had at some moment in our, our life, someone who's lied about us, gone to spread tales about us. It hurts. It hurt Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was asked, he was asked, what was the hardest day in your life? Was it Uhud when you lost your, your uncle Hamza radiallahu an? And around 70 of his companions radiallahu anhum ajma'een. Was that the hardest? What did he say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Aisha radiallahu anha says, I asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, have you ever experienced a day harder than the battle of Uhud, than the day of that battle? He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied, indeed I experienced a harder, more difficult day than that. Allahu Akbar. Emotionally, of course. She's asking him about emotionally. You lost Hamza, you lost your companions. What does that do to you? You miss them. You feel it. You're feeling it, uh, you have strong emotion. Did you ever feel emotionally drained? A draining far greater than what you felt at the end of Uhud? He said, yes, I did. And it was the, at the hands of your people, the disbelievers from amongst the Quraysh. He says the hardest treatment I met uh, from them was on the day of Aqaba. When I went to one of the chiefs of Ta'if, one of the heads in Ta'if with a gift, gift of Tawheed and Da'wah. I went to him with goodness. The purpose of inviting him towards success in this world and the next. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but I got no response. And I departed in distress, with sadness, with emotion. He says, I did not recover until I arrived at a certain place. And we know what they did to him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, right? Right? Not only was his message re rejected, what were they told to do? Run him out of town. Not so? Not so? Harmed physically. Emotionally, he's already in distress. We know Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would become extremely sad. And we said this in other episodes when the message was not accepted. Allah said, فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعٌ نَفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِلَّمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفَا فَلَا تَذْهَبْ نَفْسُكَ عَلَيْهِمْ حَسَرَاتٍ Allah is telling him in the Quran, don't cause yourself to, to distract because of their reluctance in accepting your message, which means what? Every time somebody didn't listen to the message, you would become so sad, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Subhanallah, sad. So he was already beaten emotionally, and then he was beaten physically. We're talking about earlier the lesson of not being emotional people to the extent that it makes us cross the boundaries of the sharia. This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Emotionally hurt because of slander. Emotionally hurt because his message is being rejected. A mighty hurting. He says, I got to a place. And Jibreel alayhi salam came to me and said, He said, Allah 
has heard what your people said to you. Allah has heard what they said to you. And the response they made to you, they emotionally hurt you. You are full of emotion. What would you and I do today? Facebook, straight away. Listen to what he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, the angel said to him, Jibreel, and he has sent you the angel in charge of the mountains for you to order him to do what you wish. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. This is no small matter. Huh? It's no small matter. President of the country says, Sajid, I've given you presidential authority over Australia. Right? Fix everything up. That's a lot of power, no? Sorry, I didn't mention your name. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is given power of moving the mountain. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, the angel of the mountain greeted me. This wasn't talk and no action, empty words, no. The angel was there. He greeted Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he said, oh Muhammad, Allah listen to what your people have said to you. I am the angel of the mountains and my Rabb has sent me to you so that you may give me your orders and I will carry them out. If you wish, I will bring the mountains together that stand opposite to each other and these evil, oppressive, extreme people will be crushed in between. Allahu Akbar. Mighty indeed. Mighty indeed. Remember the other day I said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never invited to himself, he invited to the message. Remember that lesson? He never invited to his ego and was upset because my, they didn't accept my statement. So I'm upset. We were in a team meeting, they took his idea over mine. So I'm upset. No. He was inviting to the message. You know what, you know what, pro what proof I have to substantiate what I said? Besides the fact that Allah said, don't cause yourself to self-destruct because they don't want your message. This hadith here, brothers and sisters, if he was calling to himself and hurt because his ego was hurt, what would a human being do? Say, move the mountains together. Allahu Akbar. No, he was inviting to the message. He was sad because the message of Allah, the message of Allah was not accepted. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wallahi, it's not blameworthy to, if you know you're on guidance and you call to yourself, it's not blameworthy. But you know what's better? To call to the message. It's not about me. It's about the message. It's not about my ratings. It's about you accepting the message. It's not about whose message or whose speech you took from. It's about you getting the message. That's what I share with my fellow du'at as well. Alhamdulillah, the more people that come to speak, the better. Because it's about the people getting the message, not who they get it from. As long as it's, it's, it's the right message, but they should get it. Because we call to the message, not to ourselves. May Allah forgive us and protect us. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in this most difficult circumstance, emotionally beaten, physically beaten, Allahu Akbar. 
He teaches us how to place our emotions within the framework of the Sharia. Wasn't this the lesson earlier? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I rather hope that Allah will raise from among their descendants people that will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and not ascribe partners to him. This is what he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If I crush them, there'll be nobody left. If we leave them, I can come back here one day. The issue is the message. There'll be new people I can come back to and I can share with them the message. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah gather us with him in Jannah. Ameen. This is in Bukhari and Sahih, Sahih al-Bukhari al-Muslim. No doubt in the Ummah regarding this incident happening and being authentic. This is what happened, brothers and sisters. Take the lesson. Take the lesson. It's about what's right. Today there's so much propaganda. We don't know Arthur from Martha, subhanallah. And we all formulating opinions that cause emotions and we act upon it. Look at the articles coming out now talking about some governments in the Middle East. And I don't want to be a spreader of, of news because I haven't verified it. And I can't, I don't have the tools to verify it. You're right? But I'm sure you read and you can relate to what I'm saying. My aim from this talk is not to, to expose unconfirmed things, but their statements about some of the governments in the Middle East with regards to what's happening in Gaza and so on and so forth. So the article came out. Who wrote the article? What's their background? How relevant is their message? What type of research is this? What have they based it on? Did they get it from somebody who heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody or did they get it from the horse's mouth? Not that anyone is a horse. But you know what I'm saying? But we accept, then we get emotion, then we start making dua, start making dua against certain people. Based on what? At least, okay. If you feel it's true, at least say, if it is true, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do this. If it is true. This is being just. This is not letting the emotion get the better of you. This is the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As we have seen. Today, you know the scholars of hadith. If a hadith comes and the narrator is majhul al-hal, meaning the name of the person is known, but his character, his ability with hadith is unknown, they say that is a means of question marks being raised over the, the authenticity of the narration. You know the name of the person, but you didn't know about him. Majhul al-hal. The ain meaning the person is known. Ma'roof al-ain, majhul al-hal. The name of the person is known, but the reality of who he is is unknown. Today you and I, majhul al-ain wal-hal. We don't know who wrote it, we don't know who said it, we don't even know the situation and we accept it. Look at WhatsApp and the messages that fly. Forward, please forward, forward, please forward. MashaAllah, everybody's got time on their hands. You know, they're waiting for iftar. Let's forward, right? This is a good message. Let's forward. I don't know if it's good, but it seems good. It seems like a prophetic message. So what do we do? 
quickly broadcast. Now, mashallah, what 200 people you can broadcast to? 200 people go on the list, boom, send. Phone crashes, WhatsApp crashes, everything crashes. <laughs> and what did you do? You spread something that's not been verified. Mushkila. You know this term we are mushkila, mushkila, become a pet name, huh? even amongst the non-Arabs. This is a problem. This is a problem. Emotion should be placed within the framework of the Sharia. This was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and this is what he did. So, the Quraysh when pressure on Abu Talib failed, they went to the next thing. Mocking, jeering, character assassination, going out in the market and doing everything they could. And you know what? It was a continuation from something which started when he said the first message. Remember when he stood on Safa and he announced? And Abu Lahab said what he said. Wasn't that an insult? Did he not make dua against the Prophet? He insulted him. He hurt him emotionally. But even then the Quraysh decided then turn a blind eye. Don't give it importance. And you know what? There's some wisdom in it. There's some wisdom, you know? Some, there's some websites that have come out. Websites. And these websites have misguided messages about Islam. What do we see Muslims do? They mean well. Muslims mean well. They gather all the links and start sending it to everybody. You have to beware of these websites. Beware of these websites. Beware of these websites. Now what's human nature? You said beware, you didn't give anything. Human nature, let's go see. Click, 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 click. So you're warning people against, but you got people to visit. Without you intending, of course. You meant good, but people visited. So what happened? That website got ratings now. Google Analytics. It got ratings. So now when you search about Islam, which websites come up first? Which ones? These ones that have got so many hits. We have to be, you know, and this is why I also tell our young brothers and sisters, be current. <coughs> Not just current in terms of fashion. Be current in terms of what's happening, how things work. Don't be closed, blinkers, naive. Too much naivety in the ummah. Too much and gullible, gullible, subhanallah. Like we said earlier, except news and unconfirmed, build a whole bunch of responses based on it. Gullible. Naivety is there. Yes, we should think good in people, but don't be naive. There's a difference. A Muslim doesn't fall in the same hole twice. Get caught in the same trap twice. Even if the person has changed, we accept it. Because we don't believe we're better than anybody in, in front of Allah. But it doesn't mean that we stop being cautious about the person. That he did this to us before, he could do it again. Right? So we must understand this brothers and sisters. They went into character assassination propaganda. This was the next approach. We're going to annihilate his message by doing this. He is the only one with this message. Nobody else is saying it. If we can convince the people he's a madman, no one will listen to him. Who listens to a madman? Well, let's jeer him. Let's ridicule him. Let's show that we are the Quraysh. The other tribes follow us. Let's go and show how we've debased this man. How little and small he is in our eyes. Nobody will listen to his message. Let's try that approach. Right? This is what they did. And as I said, emotional harm, brothers and sisters, is hard. Don't think for one moment it's easy. It's a test from Allah. Somebody's backbiting, somebody's spreading rumors about you. You get into the da'wah, somebody starts sending messages, stay away from this person. It affects you. It happens. Right? Your friends do something to you. Even when your enemies do it, you feel it. 
Nobody should say emotional hurt is, is, is not hurt. It's hurt. In fact, it's one of the hardest hurts. What's the evidence for it? What Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said? He said, that day in Taif was harder for me than Uhud. Right? Emotional hurt matters, brothers and sisters. So this is what they did to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They started slandering. Today, brothers and sisters, propaganda is a sign of the times. Not only is it something, but it's a sign of the time. This century is not the century without listing propaganda as a part of the makeup of the century. Propaganda. So it exists. Look at Islamophobia. What is that? If Islam was a human being, subhanallah, how hurt would Islam be? How much, look at Islamophobia. What, what is said about Islam? If Islam was a human being, how hurt would Islam be treated, brothers and sisters? <laughs> how hurt would Islam be? Right? And this should also tell us how responsible we are. We are the ambassadors of Islam. How well have we defended Islam? We're failing Islam. Islam says, I am a human being. You are my protectors. It would be crying saying, you failed me, you failed me, you failed me, you failed me, you failed me. The propaganda is so loud and we're just passive. It's so loud. The character of Islam is being assassinated. What are you doing about it? Are you going to help the assassination by going on social media and, 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 and presenting unbecoming behavior? There's a reason, brothers, behind what I'm saying. I know this talk is not, uh, or the lessons are not as uh, light and uh, appealing to many, like the earlier lessons of parenting and marriage and so on and so forth. But these are also lessons from the seerah. We said the seerah is a whole constitution, right? This matters to us today. Subhanallah, look at this Malaysian Airlines. Today, propaganda is such a, 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 um, a part and parcel of the century that today people use it to discredit their own people for power. Malaysian Airlines, as you know, may Allah shower ease upon our Muslim brothers and sisters in Malaysia and the families who lost their loved ones. Ameen. And let's make dua for Malaysian Airlines as well. Let's not forget everybody's pointing fingers at them. This airline is hurting as well. This is two tragedies in one year. This is not that this is the time to support. It wasn't their fault. Um, what's in the news? What's in the news? People trying to discredit the Malaysian government, people from within the country, they, have, they want to serve their own agenda. And we know how it works. Everybody is, 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 is after, for, after market share and, 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 and greater share of public opinion, using this to get one up on the government. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is propaganda. This is character assassination as well. Using everything to character assassinate somebody. Something which is not even, it should be used, right? Like the Quraysh, they were using nothing. Madman, sorcerer, and so on and so forth. This wasn't who he was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but they were inventing it. Today, the same thing. In propaganda, we invent things to bring people down. They forget there's something called Qadr. The plane coming down is the Qadr of Allah. Who, who, could, who could anticipate that? You think anyone could script it? That that's what would happen? Flying over Europe? Nobody could script it. It's the Qadr of Allah. It's a test from Allah. It's a test. لِيَمِيزَ اللَّهُ الْخَبِيثَ مِنَ الطَّيِّبِ This way Allah will, will, will separate and differentiate and make manifest the pure people and the filthy people. 
the people of belief and those who disbelieve. The people who will say, this is the qadr of Allah, it's a test from Allah, I will not deny Allah, I will be patient. Allah is all wise in what He does. Rasulullah did not have to go through this. He did not have to be stoned in ta'if. He did not have to be emotionally beaten. Uhud didn't have to happen. Badr didn't have to happen. Hijrah to Habasha didn't have to happen. Hijrah to Medina didn't have to happen. If Allah willed, everyone on earth would have believed. But it's the divine wisdom of Allah that things happen this way, brothers and sisters. Because you and I are not in Jannah. You know, you got to understand this, brothers and sisters. We're in the dunya. We're not living in perpetual bliss, in a place of perpetual bliss. Nobody said the dunya was a place of perpetual bliss. And nobody said the dunya was a place of perpetual doom. Jannah, perpetual bliss. Jahannam, perpetual doom. The dunya, a phase in between. Moments of happiness, moments of difficulty. In happiness, we are being tested. In difficulty, we're being tested. In happiness, we're being tested to see whether we will thank Allah. In difficulty, we're being tested to see whether we will deny Allah. That's why Rasulullah said, the Muslim, not any human being, the believer is in a win-win situation. When goodness befalls him, he was thankful. And when difficulty afflicted him, he was patient. And that was good for him. Win-win. Remember my hailstones example? I've said it how many times here? The hailstones example. You forgot it? You remember it, right? For the newcomers in the audience, and as a reminder to everyone who heard it, I shared with your brothers and sisters an example. I said, if hailstones fall from the sky and smash all your windscreens, is that good or bad? Is that goodness or is that a test, tribulation? What is it? What is it? It's a test. It's tribulation, isn't it? It's bad. It's difficult. But what about the guy who sells windscreens? What about for him? The guy who's got a windscreen shop, he sells windscreens. Is he sad or is he happy? <laughs> He's very happy. You sad, your windscreen got smashed. He's happy, he can sell his windscreens today. <laughs> Nothing is pure evil. It's evil if you look at it from one side. And if you took some time out, you'll see the goodness and wisdom in it. There's goodness in it. And we'll come to it, we'll come to it. Why the Sahaba were tested, why Rasulullah was tested as well right so i'm just trying to share current examples you know when i'm speaking about the malaysian airlines and so on and so forth the lesson here is what the Quraysh did propaganda and this happens today this this is what happens today right people become leaders there has to be a propaganda division in the whole operation right and and, and we know this we, we, we know this, we have, I've read reports of how certain parties actually get a professional, I don't know what they call them, spindle, uh, what do they call them? Spin masters, I uh, forget the name, there's a special, sorry? Spin doctors, spin doctors, yes. Put a spin on everything. People will see it for what it is, spin it around. Show them the back door and they're looking at the front door. <laughs> spin doctors, right? 
person makes a mistake, politician makes a mistake, he's going to get bad public image, let's spin it. Let's spin it. People's emotion are already there. Let's channel how that emotion comes out to the benefit of the person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't like this. Allah says, وَأْتُوا الْبُيُوتَ مِنْ أَبْوَابِهَا Allah wants you to be straight on the straight and narrow. Enter the house from its door. Not from its window or its chimney. Enter from its door. Be straight. And this is from taqwa. Wattaqullah. Being straight, speaking straight is from the from you acquiring taqwa. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullaha wa qulu qawlan sadeeda. Oh you who believe, be God conscious. And what will help you get there? Qawlan sadeeda. Speaking an upright word. Not a crooked word. An upright word. This is from taqwa. Right? So this is what the Quraysh did. Propaganda. Did it work? No. No. That's a don't lose hope brothers and sisters. Islamophobia. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. In a lot of cases, the opposite happens. And this is what happened. What happened when the Quraysh spread, spread the propaganda? You remember that example of the websites I gave you? We spread the websites. Instead of people staying away, they go to it. Right? This is what happened. People from all over were sending people to come see. What's this? Who is this person busying the Quraysh? Go and see. Go and see him. <coughs> Bismillah. So what happened when they went to see? They saw good character. How many people came? How many people sent their messages? Their messages went back and they said, What did you see? Did you see this sorcerer, madman? Who is busy the Quraysh? This mighty clan in charge of the Kaaba. Birds came with stones to remove elephants on their watch. Who is this man spinning them? They said, We don't know what we saw was a man with such good character, sweetest words, welcomes you with a smile. You see what was happening? Opposite effect. Opposite effect. When you're insincere, brothers and sisters, it doesn't work in your favor. Ex you will be exposed. It didn't work in their favor. All they did was assist in spreading the word of Muhammad Making this unknown even more known. Right? This is what happens. Today, look what Islamophobia has done for Islam. Who doesn't know about Islam? Yes, the issue is, but, uh, and, and this is what happens. They hear the wrong message of Islam, the Fox News narrative, and so on and so forth. What happens? Any educated person says, hold on a second, yeah? You know, in school, I had classmates who were Muslims. I had neighbors who were Muslims. I've dealt with people who are Muslims. Let me read up on this thing. How many reverts today have we seen say we became interested in Islam because of something we saw on the news? And then what happened? It was a means of our guidance. We picked up the Quran and we said, Subhanallah. They picked up the Quran and changed them. You know, in, in my home city in Leicester, I left Leicester as a young boy. My home city in Leicester, it snowed a couple of years ago. So the Muslims from a masjid which I would consider local had I been living in Leicester, Masjid Umar, the masjid is in a wonderful, you know, really, if you, if, you, if you Google it, Leicester, if you try Google Maps, maybe Google will give us uh, some royalties, because how many times have we said Google here? If you go on Google Maps and you type Masjid Umar Leicester, you'll see it's in a very unique location. 
It's, there's a hill that comes down, there's a road going this way and a road going this way and Masjid Umar is at the bottom of the hill right in the center of the two roads that go up. Unique. As you're driving, you take a bend and you just see this beautiful masjid in front of you. Very unique. Now note that it's, it's center to a hilly area. So two high roads going up. So it snowed and the roads were full of snow, obviously. So what happened? Some of the musallis from this masjid decided to be true to their being Muslims. They went and bought these green jackets, the right shoes, so on and so forth. And they started themselves directing traffic, making sure someone was on the top of the hill, right? There's no car coming. So the person at the top would allow the car because you slide, they slide, you can slip, you can make, avoid an accident. Some cars were going up, getting stuck. All of a sudden, five bearded people at the back pushing your car up the hill. <laughs> right? Imagine, a non-Muslim is looking in the rear view mirror and just seeing these beards. But subhanAllah, being pushed. Right? What happened was, a non-Muslim, a British female, who lived in this area, who said that she had a relative who went to Afghanistan, and I think, if my memory serves me, I don't know if he was injured or he was killed there. She says she hated Muslims. And it was the worst time of her life. She had to live in this area. It's an area where Muslims have settled. She goes, I had the worst impression of Muslims. And she herself wrote to the newspaper. We knew of, I didn't even know this was happening until I read this article. What happened? She was driving that day. Halfway car got stuck, started sliding. All of a sudden, clatter, 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 hands, boom, 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 boom around the car. She looks up in the mirror, these bearded men. The people who the TV has made her hate because they gave her the wrong impression. Right? And she didn't know better. There's many like her. Whilst there's many who go and read, there's many who don't. She sees her car, instead of rolling backwards to her destruction, is being pushed up this hill. Until the car got traction and she left. So she decided, you know what? I owe it to them. She wrote an article in the newspaper. This is who I am. This is how much I hated Muslims until this day. This is what happened. People see you before they hear you. Did these people speak to her? No. She was in a vehicle, windows shut. She drove off afterwards. But she saw what they did. Changed the perception. Right? So what we're saying, brothers and sisters, is Islamophobia, or what we saw as a, uh, as a result of the propaganda of the Quraysh, we see it today as a result of Islamophobia and the propaganda regarding Islam. And everybody, you, you'll only see the worst, worst, the mistakes of the Muslims out there. That's what you will see. And that's why brothers and sisters, have a good heart with the non-Muslims. Respect them as a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't know better. A lot of us, yes, we human beings, we emotionally hurt because of what they do, but they do it because they don't know better. What do you want? We haven't showed them the Islam that they were supposed to have seen, right? <coughs> they haven't seen it. What they've seen is what's come out on TV, what's being shown on the internet. The mistakes of a few. We're not saying that there haven't been Muslims who've made mistakes. We say yes. But nobody says that Christianity preaches what we see happening in some of the churches with some of the... What we see that sometimes the media puts out, 
right? About some events that happen in the churches with regards to children and so on and so forth. Let's not get into details, this is a pure place. Do we as Muslims say this is what Christianity teaches? No. We would be lying. And that's a form of denying your, your, what, what you need to believe to be a Muslim, where you believe in Jesus and you believe that Allah revealed to him. Christianity does not teach us. We say this is not Christianity, this is the mistake of a few. This is the Muslim message. And perhaps the Muslims should step out and show their just nature. But subhanAllah, emotion, emotion. Muslims, what they do? They've become part and parcel of the propaganda machine. Think they think like the like the machine. News article pops up. This is what what was discovered in such and such a church. What happens? Paste the article on Facebook. Say, look, look at this, everybody. No, this is where you show who you are. Don't crush them. Perhaps tomorrow there'll be people who will listen to the message. This is Syria in the twenty-first century. I'm speaking to you, current affairs, brothers and sisters. Current affairs. Go and take it to your people. Go and tell those who are not here. May Allah grant barakah in this speech and message. Ameen. Ameen. So in the same, so what we're saying is, Islam is being known. People are reading about Islam. People want to find out about Islam. Why? Because all of a sudden there's so much Islam in the news. Right? But in the same breath, realize there's people who are gullible, naive, they listen to the news and believe it to be true, and that's the opinion they take. So when they come to you, you're walking across the street, so in your thobe, in your beard, you go to the airport. It's human nature. Yes, nobody's allowed to be racist, but there's human nature. How you naturally love somebody, but you're not supposed to act on it if it means you're being unjust. Sometimes human nature, people have a hatred for you. They have a hatred for Islam. And you have shown them that you're a Muslim. They don't want to show it, but sometimes it will come out. What should you do? Make an excuse. This is where you understand that they don't know better. It's not their fault. This is where you take the higher ground. Speak to them nicely. Say, look, you're a good person. I know you didn't mean to say this. But you know what? You said it, it hurt me this way. And it's not your fault. You probably have views of Islam based on you know, the mistakes of a few Muslims that the news has take, gone to party with. But if you have a moment, can I just, you know, share with you something? Share with you the other side? You see how you change a negative to a positive? This is when you invite to the message and not to yourself. This is what you do, brothers and sisters. This is what you do. You know, some people they say, at the airport, you know, Everyone was putting their backs to the machine. I had to get patted. Why? I'm being targeted. I say, no, brother. Brother, next time, what you should do, when you go to the machine, go to the guy patting and say, pat me. That's what you should do. Don't put, don't put him in a situation. You think he doesn't know that you're going to feel like you're being targeted? Be merciful to the worlds. This was your Prophet wasallam. They're doing their job. It's, it is what it is. It is what it is, brothers and sisters. You go to them and say, look, pat me. <laughs> because you're a forgiving person. You understand it's not their fault. They're doing their job and these systems have come into place because of the mistakes of a few. It's unjust to deny that there's been mistakes, but it's also unjust not to accept the reality of the situation.
Don't be upset. Somebody comes and you Muslims are like this. When the ignorant people speak to them, they respond in a peaceful way. Their message is peace. You Muslims are like this. Be quiet. Wait for them to finish. Let them get out of their chest. Say, I've heard what you've said, and I'm really trying to be a good person. But do you mind telling us where did you get your information from that you said the Muslims are like this? Because what you've said, I don't know. I've never heard it. I'm a Muslim. Maybe you can help me. You know, maybe if what, you, what you're saying is right, then I have to question what I am. Sometimes reverse psychology. Be clever. <laughs> be clever in your da'wah. But be sincere. I'm not saying don't, but be sincere. Right? Your job is to turn a negative into a positive. Make sure a door of da'wah opens when the door is shut. What does Allah say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, repel the evil with goodness. So that the enmity between you and a person can go away and that person who is your enemy becomes your strongest supporter. That's the, that's the success, brother. That's where you measure success. That's where you measure it. Don't tell me I was successful, I did this, this, and that, the easy things. Tell me about the difficult stuff. Remember yesterday we said, we test our relationship when we disagree. The fundamental thing we've disagreed upon, let's see now. That's the test of the relationship. This is the test of your character, where you can convert the enemy into a supporter into a supporter. Allah says, not everyone can do this. But only the patient people and those people, the people of greatness. Greatness. Remember I said, be great. Islam needs you to be great. It needs you to be great. Because this is what you can bring to the table. So, they came with propaganda. Right? And as they came with propaganda, the propaganda failed. It didn't succeed. Propaganda fell flat on its face. So what happened? They needed a new strategy. What was their strategy? What was their strategy? Physical harm. That's what the strategy was. Their strategy was physical harm. They said, you know what? Emotional hurt is not working. Let's give them physical hurt now. This is what they did. Anyone who accepts Islam, we're going to deal with him and deal with him severely. Severe dealing. So that we deter anyone and everyone from even flirting with the idea of being a Muslim. This is what they did, right? Military exercise. This is what we're going to do. This is what they decided. The heads of the clans came together. You know what? We are people of blood. But even though, if someone from our blood accepts this message, they will be punished. This is what we're going to do. Propaganda is not working. The opposite is happening. More people are coming to Islam. People from foreign lands we're hearing are accepting Islam. Now we need to come with physical harm. And this is what they agreed to. The heads of the Quraysh agreed to it. And from them was Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. Don't forget. 
He was a blessed person even before Islam in that as a young person, he was given a position in the House of Representatives. The Quraysh had a House of Representatives that the heads would meet, discuss current affairs, let's do a vote, take it to a vote, should this policy come into effect or not, right? Umar was there, took the place of his father as a young person. They said, we will do it. Umar was a principal person. He wasn't doing this because of them. He was doing it because he was a principal person and he was a strong advocate for unity. And he saw the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam causing quote-unquote division. Father and son, no more talking to each other. Families breaking up. Right? This is what happened. Families breaking up and so on and so forth. So, Umar supported it. That we need to maintain unity. And this message has to be dissolved. And then when Allah opened his heart towards Islam, the reason I'm sharing it with you because we're not going to discuss the Islam of Umar in this series. We will discuss it in another series, inshallah, in part two of the Meccan period. But when Allah opened his heart to Islam, what did he do? Immediately, let's go pray. This is the haqq. He, he knew that Islam does not divide, it unites. His paradigm shifted. And he was a supporter of unity, principled man. So the moment he understood that Islam is unity and not division, and what I was upon was division and not unity, and I'm a proponent of unity, what's the, what does that equal? Equals I should be a Muslim. <laughs> Principal people do this. They're not shy to change. Not what people, what will they say about me? You know, I look bad. You know, Sheikh, you know, how, how will I look? You know, I keep a beard, my friends will laugh at me. You know? I, you know, if I have my trousers above my ankles, you know, just won't look right. People will say, I'm weird. I'm strange. Doesn't matter. Be principled. Principled that you will follow Allah and His Rasul. Umar had a principle that he will support unity. So he became a Muslim. And subhanallah, when he became a Muslim, what did he do? He went straight to the House of Representatives. The same people he was sitting and listening to there, and all what they had to say. Years and years of how to deal with Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he, it, uh, um, if my memory serves me right, he was the one who pitched the idea that we should punish those who accept Islam because of this disunity. He pitched it. But when uh, guidance came to him, what did he say? Radiallahu uh, What did he say, brothers and sisters? He, radiallahu went to the same people, to the same house of representatives and said, you know what, by the way, I'm upon the deen of Muhammad. <laughs> not scared who cares what you think of me and then he went to the people who he he, he he punished because they accepted Islam and said I'm on the way of Muhammad and for those who I punished come and take your right from me now today so it's not taken on the day of Qiyamah look at belief the Quraysh had two issues they had issues in terms of worshipping one Allah the other issue that they had brothers and sisters was what was they didn't believe in the hereafter. But look at Umar, he's telling them, not on the day of Qiyamah, already belief is there, there's a day of Qiyamah, come and take your right now. But obviously people are looking at Umar, say, who's going to lay a hand on this man? <laughs> say, no, we'd rather forgive you, it's better. <laughs> right? But inshallah, we'll discuss that story as we move along. As we move along, bi'idnillahi ta'ala. So, they came with physical harm. And one by one, they started 
afflicting harm upon those who accepted Islam, especially upon the slave boys. Why? Because the slave boys had no defenders. The other people had their tribes, had influential families. The slave boys had no defenders. Bilal, radiallahu anhu, what happened to him? What happened to him, brothers and sisters, to Bilal? Bilal, radiallahu anhu, was heavily punished. They would tie a rope round his neck and give it to the children to pull him in the streets of Mecca like you would pull an animal. And then they would make him lie on the hot desert sand and put boulders on his chest and beat him and lash him and say, go against the way of Muhammad uh, and this punishment will stop. But no, what did he say? Al-Ahad, 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 and kept on saying it. Kept on saying it, subhanAllah. What message is this? What message is this that is giving bravery to slaves against their masters? What is this message? Wallahi, Islam empowers you, brothers and sisters. Islam empowers you. Many historians cite the Islam of Umar. Right? Some have said there's weakness in the narration, but many historians cite it. And, and, and what's the, one, of the, one of the events that happened was that Umar calmed down when he, when he was beating his brother-in-law and his sister jumped in and he, he beat her. Never intended it, but it happened, she jumped in. This is Umar. What, did he, what, was his, what caused him to stop and say, hold on a second, here. let me read this stuff here. What caused him? He's saying, what message gives a female to jump in the path of the strike of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu <laughs> This is no mighty strike, brothers and sisters. <laughs> huh? This wasn't a mighty strike. You know, once I went to South Africa. In South Africa, there was, um, uh, we went to this uh, pa- uh, lion park. And in the lion park, you could walk with a cheetah. So I thought, Alhamdulillah, you know. I'm not a thrill seeker, but I forgot that this is thrill seeking. I ended up saying, let me sign up. When I, when I paid the money, they gave me a form. I said, what's this form? You have to sign that we will not be held responsible for anything that happens to you. I said, no, 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 no. This wasn't part of it. Give me my money back. They said, no, no. Once you pay, look at the sign. Once paid, no refund. <laughs> right? So I said, I said, uh, okay. Um, has anyone been harmed? They said, no, not yet. <laughs> this is what they said. So I said, Khair, what can I do? I got to, you know, spend this money, Allah. You know, let's go. Inshallah, it's safe. And um, Inshallah, it's safe. And, you know, I'll get through it. We're going to take a bit longer today. It's anticipated. Bear with me. These are blessed nights. And it's just tonight and tomorrow is our last lesson. So I went, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, it was a beautiful experience. I have pictures, I have them online as well. You can go and see. It's amazing, mashaAllah. You know, and they tell you that, look, if he growls, then we have to keep you away from him. And it has happened where certain people, uh, when they had the encounter with the cheetah, the cheetah growled, it wasn't looking good, so we, we, we did not allow for this cheetah walk to happen. I said, oh, so do I get a refund? And they said, no, you still don't get a refund. <laughs> but Alhamdulillah, cheetah was good, like me, Alhamdulillah. And we spent uh, a good time together, you know, taking pictures, hanging out, uh, and so on and so forth. I don't even know why I'm telling you the story. Why am I telling you the story? Huh? Sorry? 
the strike of Umar. Yes, the strike of Umar. This is why I'm telling you the story. So you know what happened? As I was getting comfortable with this, with this animal, this creation of Allah, I was getting close, you know, cuddling with it and stuff. And the trainer says, no, 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 no. You don't want to put your head too close. Because this animal, even if it touches you, it will rip flesh off your skin. Touch. If it touches you. What is soft for the cheetah is mighty momentum for the human being. It's a, mom it's a move with momentum. It will remove skin from you. This is, this is it touching you. This is the strike. Right? It might play with you and just, you know, try and uh, you cuddle with it. Because what happens when you start cuddling with cats? What happens? They try and play fight with you. They play fight. But it says just that play fighting, you could get harmed. Don't do that. You know what I thought of? The strike of Umar, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. <laughs> I thought, subhanallah, this, you can get this, right? He's saying, what message gives strength to a female to jump in the path of the strike of Umar? I must read this message. And when he read the message, what happened? That was an uppercut for Umar. Because <laughs> he was knocked out, isn't it? Flat out, 10 seconds, bell rings, game over. He goes, to, instead of going to, he, went, he intended to murder Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he went and says, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. This is it, my dear brothers and sisters. So very quickly, propaganda failed. They went into harm. Who did they start harming? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shocking attacks to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Lahab, Abu Jahal, and their cronies. And it wasn't as if he was a nobody. He was somebody to them. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They started attacking him. Allahul Musta'an, he would prostrate by the Kaaba. And what would they do? They would sit and joke and say, Who can take the ab abdominal waste and throw it on him? Who, who's going to do it? Look at this evil, evil, no principles. And somebody would say, Yes, I'll do it. And they would take it, and he's in sujood, and they would throw it on him. And look at Rasulullah. Remember, we spoke about emotion? No response. Stays in sujood. The hadith says he never got up except after Fatima radiallahu anha, his daughter. You see how Islam empowers? It empowers you. It doesn't make you, what will they say? You don't, you don't think like this. The true Islam, the true belief. His daughter would run and remove this off him. Remove it off him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and lift her father up. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa radiallahu anha. And... She made dua at the Kaaba. She made dua and cursed the Quraysh. She made dua and cursed the Quraysh three times against them. And this would affect them. Because the Quraysh, they knew the Kaaba. They knew the Kaaba. They didn't like that she was uh, criticizing them and making dua against them and cursing them. It affected them. And this wasn't the only instance. Uqbah ibn Abi Mu'id. What did he do? He took his upper garment and strangled Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whilst he worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he did nothing sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until Abu Bakr came. Abu Bakr came. Look at wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. Don't give the enemy a chance to point a finger at you. They want a response. They want to say Muhammad retaliated. He gave a blow back. They wanted, they were looking for the opportunities. We threw dirt on him. He got up and he spoke of Al-Gawad. They were looking for it. This is how you look after Islam. You never give them a finger to point back at you. He remained silent. Until Abu Bakr came and removed the strangle. 
and said, are you going to kill a man? Because he said his Lord is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has evidence to back him up. Is this what you're going to do? Utaybah, the son of Abu Lahab, harmed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tearing his upper garment. Just imagine, he's innocently walking sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and somebody pulling on him and pushing him. And how would, how would you feel? We haven't met Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but even we love him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we feel it now when we say, subhanallah, we wouldn't want to see this happening to our Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Harming him, pushing him, pulling him, tearing his shirt. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam only made dua to Allah. He complained to Allah. He asked Allah to deal with, with Utaybah. Utayba. He asked Allah to deal with Utaybah. He made the dua that a dog should attack him. And this Allah accepted this dua because this son of uh, uh, Abu Lahab, the son of Abu Lahab, Insha'Allah. The son of Abu Lahab, what happened to him? On a journey to Sham, they stopped at a place and a lion started circling them. A lion. And he remembered the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, he, he remembered and he acknowledged that the dua of a man in Mecca has come true and I'm in Sham. And this lion took his head off. This is what they did to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then, they said, let's expand the hurt. They took it to those who accepted Islam. It was becoming known now. First, Abu Bakr radiallahu He's giving a khutbah. They beat him so badly, subhanallah, you could not recognize his face. Radiallahu He was unconscious. His tribesmen came to save him. Remember, the tribesmen, this is, they, they had supporters. Abu Bakr radiallahu unconscious. When he wakes up, what's the first thing when he gains consciousness? He says, is the Prophet of Allah okay? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu Akbar. Don't worry about my nose. Don't worry about... How is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Subhana Rabbi al-A'la. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, when we wake up in the day, are we... Where are we from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? What is the sunnah for waking up? The first thing, our love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where is the Abu Bakr in us? Then we wake up and say, did we look after the sunnah? Did we, even if it's just saying, Alhamdulillahilladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana waylayhin nushur. The dua for waking up. Do we do this? That's for you to answer. The last thing he thinks about before he sleeps is the wildness of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The first thing he does when he wakes up is thinking of the wildness of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where is the Abu Bakr in us? That the last thing we do before we sleep is remember the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the first thing we do when we wake up is remember the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah forgive us. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu for reading the Quran beaten. Mus'ab ibn Umair, Allahu Akbar. What a role model for our young brothers and sisters. Came from a family rich, material well-being, financial standing, had everything. Huh? We say youth of principle, look at this young boy. Young boy. He says, you know what? I'm going to accept this message. You accept this message, you lose everything. This message matters, me to, matters more to me than everything. He was kicked out of his home. His mother removed him from her home. He gave up the riches for what? La ilaha illallah. Today, what do we say? No, you know what? Uh, 
Let's see, inshallah. It's not the right time, you know. You know, I'm expecting, you know, this brother, he lends me money. If I go and tell him, come for salah, I don't upset him. <coughs> not so? I don't want to upset him. You know, he's doing wrong. No, I can't tell him. You know, he pays my wages. I can't tell him he's doing wrong. We're not saying cause harm to come to yourself, brothers and sisters. But I'm just sharing you an example. You can think. I'm not saying do things to lose your jobs and so on and so forth. There's so many ways you can give nasiha. There's stealth modes. <laughs> yeah, stealth da'wah. <laughs> right? When the message gets across, we don't know how it got across. But you get what I'm saying? La ilaha illallah before everything else. Teaching us how to be principled. We discussed yesterday the importance of being principled. We discussed Bilal and how he was tortured. Umayyah in khalaf. Would rope Bilal. Rope him like an animal. And drag him in the streets. Give the children. Even worse. Remember, emotional hurt. This is physical and emotional. It hurts us brothers and sisters. Hurts the... We're human beings. We have an ego. This is what was done to him. And Bilal says... I kept on saying Ahad, Ahad, because I knew they hated to hear it. I knew they hated it, so I wanted to give them more. That was the best way to punish them was through Tawheed. Allahu Akbar. Because sticks and stones would not have harmed them. You see, emotional harm. Brothers and sisters, emotional harm is tough. That's why when you study how Rasulullah was jeered and mocked and he remained silent, don't think, don't think it was easy. Don't think it's easy. Wallahi, it's hard. Ask someone who's, who, who's, who's been backbited. Somebody has spoken against him. Ask him how he feels. Right? He says, I was saying, Ahad, Ahad. That was the biggest. I ha- Islam, you know, these people, I didn't like them. But I didn't know how to fix them. Islam brought me the tool to fix them. This word, Ahad, I saw it was causing them to be even harder on me. But I knew that hardness was coming because they were hurting more. So I could tolerate the hurt because they were hurting more. Allahu Akbar. Look at, look at, you know, Rijala. We say this is empowerment. Islam empowers you, brothers and sisters. Khabbab. Of before that, Ammar ibn Yasir. Ammar ibn Yasir and his family. The whole family, mother, father, son, Muslims. Being persecuted so badly in the heat of the desert, in the hot sun, being lashed, being abused in front of the people. Son is watching what's happening to his parents. Why? Because they said, La ilaha illallah. And Rasulullah passes and he's feeling it. But he knows, he knows that Islam is better to, for them. He says, he advises them to be patient. He says, For indeed, your meeting place is Jannah. Be patient, O family of Yas. Your meeting place is Jannah. Your departure might be here, but your meeting place is Jannah. Allahu Akbar. And this son has to see, has to see his mother and father killed in front of him. His father through severe beating. His mother a spear through her. He has to watch this. But they never renounced the message. They never denied Allah. Believed in the hereafter. Believed in the prize of Allah. They had good hope in Allah. They had good thoughts in Allah. This is it, brothers and sisters. We have good hope in Allah. We have good thoughts in Allah. We're not quick to put anything and everything before the message. Ramadan right now is finishing. We don't know. Has it been accepted? Are we freed from the hellfire? Are we from the muttaqoon? 
But we have good hope in Allah. We have good hope in Allah. Allahumma inna rahmataka arja indana min a'malina. Inna rahmataka arja. Allah's mercy, we, our hope is in Allah's mercy more than our deeds. And Allah's mercy is vast. So we have good hope in Allah. That yes, Allah has accepted our qiyam. We prayed qiyam. If it's Laylatul Qadr, it's ours. Yes, I was tired. I had a headache. I didn't feel the sweetness from the salah today. But I have good hope in Allah. Allah is the most forgiving, the most merciful. I am weak. I am, I am weak. I have more hope. I tried my best. I have more hope in the mercy of Allah. I lost concentration towards the end of salah. Don't let it make you sad. I have good hope in Allah. I have good hope in Allah. Inshallah, Allah has accepted it. This is what we should do. Look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ensuring that they have good hope in Allah. Don't worry. Your meeting place is Jannah. Your coming together is Jannah. It's not getting lost. It's not getting lost. Everything Allah knows. Your situation Allah knows. Don't feel nobody knows about your plight and you're going to be forgotten. No, you're going to be the most remembered. Today you and I, hundreds and hundreds of years after this happened to them, we sit here and share tears. Celebrating what happened to them. Learning from what happened to them. As the poet said, huh? those are my fathers, so bring me people like them. Allah says about his prophets, these were the people who Allah guided. Allah guided them. So be guided with their guidance. Take from them. This is why we sit and we're studying this. Not to story tell brothers and sisters. So that we become right. So that we are true to the love we say we have for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahi brothers and sisters, we know that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will cry on the day of Qiyamah. He's going to cry. When he sees the angels pushing his ummah away from his house, he says, these are my people. On my deathbed I was calling out to Allah, look after my people. These are my people. And the angels will say, you don't know what they did after you. We know he's going to cry, brothers and sisters. But the message we have to ask is, are we going to be the means of his happiness or the means of his tears? That's what we have to ask ourselves. What are we going to be the means of? His happiness or his tears? And I don't mean for this to be one of those moments that has struck a chord with you and tomorrow morning you're back to your old ways. Once the emotion goes, you go back to your old ways. Wallahi, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam will not come back to us. The Sahaba will not come back to us. But know that you and I worship a Rabb who is from ever and is forever. And is always with us. Always. Always. Take this emotion that you have now and magnify it. Think about Allah. And that Allah is always with us. And think 
of that with the waking of every day and the sleeping of every night. So you remain guided, inshaAllah. You remain guided, inshaAllah. I think we should stop here. It's been exhausting, wallahi. But in a good way. May Allah reward us for our efforts. Ameen. Jazakumullah khairan brothers and sisters. Tomorrow we will have our last session for part one of the Meccan era. Please come. Please continue to bring people as you do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this from us and make it a means of us being with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of Qiyamah. Wallahi, we just need one deed. We just need to do one thing. It only needs one thing. One thing we do. One thing we do. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so happy with us and He showers His mercy upon us. One thing. One thing. Wallahi, Jannah is far greater than anything you and I can do. We entered because of the mercy of Allah. Jannah is too precious. Our actions... No matter how good they are, it's still too, it's more expensive than our actions. We get there because of the mercy of Allah, right? May Allah make this sitting the sitting that makes us sit in the highest Jannah with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Make Allah make this sitting the sitting that causes us to have our book of deeds in our right hands. Ameen. Brothers and sisters, I love you all for the sake of Allah. Everything correct said is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He's perfect. And any mistakes are from myself and shaitan and I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Tomorrow when we come, we will take the lessons that we can learn from the third approach of the Quraysh, which was to beat people and cause physical harm. The lessons we learn from this incident. And then we will also study tomorrow the hijrah of the Muslims to Habasha and the lessons we can get from that. And before that, we will discuss Dar Al-Arqam, inshaAllah. سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته